The bookshelves, the airwaves, the internet, leadership, coaching, motivational materials are everywhere you look. But for Panther quarterback and Hall of Honor inductee Jake DeLone, leadership came naturally. I always played that certain way. I always felt like I can get guys to play better. I can just make as if they make them want to just give it their all. Today we celebrate 25 seasons of Panther football with one of the most popular ever to pull on the jersey, number 17. Jake DeLone. 25 seasons of Panthers football, a celebration of the players, coaches, and other people who have contributed to the organizational success. Now to Mick Mixon. The legendary number 17, Jay Christopher DeLome on the podcast, now a member of the Panthers Hall of Honor. Rumor going around that you were spraying herbicide or poison on weeds when Tepper called you. Is that true, Jay? That's 100% true. Yes, I was spraying property line you know just to make sure the start of the season we stay on top of it what did you know about why the owner prior to getting the news what did you know about why he wanted to talk to you I, I i didn't know um i know i had known maybe a couple of weeks prior Stephen drummond had said hey are you going to be around at this time owner might want to call you or whatever and i was like yeah and i didn't know what honestly i really truly had no idea what it was entailing um but i knew you know he wanted to reach out it's kind of like create his own, I guess, um, way of doing things here. And so, but I, I really didn't know. And then when Drummond texts you, hey, be ready for a FaceTime call. Ah, this is odd. You know, like there, there's something going on. I just, I just didn't know what it was. How did it feel to get the news? You know what? It was a um, very emotional. Uh, you know, I had chills probably sent through my body. I, it doesn't, I, I'm very rarely speechless. I can kind of come up with something pretty quick, and I just I kind of was like taken aback. I was floored, um, honored. Uh, I guess the you know the emotions or the memories that started just going through my head was all the good time. You know, you just you just think of that, and like I hold this place really close to my heart. You know, I mean I'm, and so it was just kind of a, you know, here I am. I'm sitting in this field, you know, by myself. Uh, and Tep, uh, Mr. Tepper asked, he goes, where are you at, playing golf? Because I had on like a, a windbreaker and a, and, a, and a golf hat. I said, no, I'm spraying a field. And he goes, do what? You know, it was just kind of, and so, um, yeah, it was it was great. It was, uh, there's no other words to describe it. All pro quarterbacks, Jake, are, are good athletes. They can all spin the ball. What was it about you that made your teammates want to play so hard and so well with you and for you? Look, I don't know. I, I I'm... <sighs> I've always had the ability. I, I always thought um, I just I loved winning. Winning was the most important thing to me. I could care less how we did it, you know. But just as long as we win, and 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 you gotta have fun while you're doing it. I mean, you know, you look, you gotta be ready to play, but you gotta have fun and let loose and 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 just win and play and don't worry about what can happen during the course of a game. We'll fix it after. Um, and I just I didn't care who got the glory. I, that meant nothing to me. Still doesn't mean anything to me. I just it's just something about winning in sports, um, or should I say, in anything, uh, and that's something that um, I just I, I like positive reinforcement. I like the enthusiasm, and I learned that the I always played that certain way. I always felt I, I can get guys to play better. I can just make as if they make them want to just give it their all, and it it, it really kind of it hit home for me. And I always tell this story with, with Sam Mills, and. The whole three seasons, Sam was diagnosed with cancer in training camp. And we knew it was terminal. Everybody knew it was terminal. Well, we played Dallas the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, we got beat in Dallas. 
um, didn't have the best of the game, got beat up, beat up pretty good. And I remember walking out the weight room to head to the practice field on that Wednesday. Weather starting to change in Charlotte, get a little colder. Um, played on that AstroTurf in Dallas. Body was beat up, hurting, processing a game plan for whoever we were playing that week. And I remember saying to myself, like, just I'm, I'm thinking, going over new, what new checks, and I'm walking, and probably feeling sorry for myself. I'll be very honest. It's like, oh, my gosh, because my body's – you're starting to break down. I'd never started. And Sam comes running by me, and he slaps me on the behind. All right, Big Jake, let's see if we can go get better this week. And I remember saying to myself, grow up. I said, here's a guy dying. He's, going, he's, he's taking chemo. He's doing radiation. He's running out to the practice field to go run his 110s before he's going to coach practice. And here I am feeling sorry for myself because I got uh, sacked a few times and I'm processing a new game plan. And that was just that enthusiasm that I just think is infectious. And that just kind of like, – it was like it just reinforced everything I ever believed. And that's just – and I always try to be that way with with teammates and what and and whatnot. And I, I just think it kind of it gets in, it's infectious. It kind of spread throughout. It did spread, Jake. So you're immortalized not only with Sam but with some other guys you played with, and then Wesley Wallace, who you know. Let's talk about them briefly, if you don't mind. What's your relationship like with Steve Smith? I would like to say it's it's fantastic. You know, um, Steve and I got along very very well. Um, and Steve will be the first to tell you, Steve is a uh, an intense individual. Uh, on uh, the field, off the field, um, intense with everyone except Angie and the kids. And, you know, that's just kind of always been his way. And we were very close. Um, but I knew how close we were um, after, I guess, our, our initial season together, the Super Bowl year. I get a phone call in Brobridge um, when he agreed to his contract extension. It wasn't out yet. I get a phone call that night, about 830 at night or whatever, just, hey, I want to let you know I got it done. That meant a lot to me. But then fast forward a few months later, first game of the season, he breaks his ankle against um, Green Bay here. And, you know, a couple of weeks after that, I think we had to buy fairly early that season. And we stayed home that weekend. Um, we didn't go back to Louisiana. So we were just – and him and Ann showed up at the house with a couple of the kids. And you could tell he just, he just wanted a friend. You know what I mean? Because here's a guy that, you know – in essence, he was he's, he was larger than life. The way he and then here he is, prime the the beginning of the prime of his career, and he and he's hurt. And that's kind of when I knew, look, this is a, a guy that this means the world to him. And we just we we, we stayed close. And look, we had our battles. We were both bullheaded, uh, you know. We had our battles. I felt I could push his buttons. He knew how to push mine. But we never berated each other on the field. We never. You know, and I think that that carried over into the locker room. Uh, it carried over with the other players on the team. You know, so, but um, he's a dear friend, and he's um, a heck of a player. How about Jordan Gross? Same thing. You know, being picked the, the, that year, number eight uh, overall, come in, plug him right in, um, and just I don't know how to explain it. Just somebody that he brought it every day, and and, and every. Everybody reveres Jordan, not only for his playing, but, you know, working with the Panthers after and just the way he communicates with people, knows things about people, how witty and funny he is. But just the ownership, I think, that he took to watch him evolve from the young guy with Todd Stucey, you know, Geno James, Kevin Donnelly, and Jeff Mitchell. You know, here's the, just the little, the, the rookie, to watch him evolve and really kind of take ownership and really kind of own that offensive line room, bring Ryan Khalil along that way, 
Jordan steps away, Ryan takes over. I mean, it's just kind of a legacy type situation. Um, and they just kind of keep on – it's kind of like it gives back. Uh, but he was just um, – he never – this is my opinion. And, yeah, this could be a homer talking. But he never got the, 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 my, the true respect around the league that he deserved. Um, and, look, a lot of it was because of Steve. A lot of it because of our running backs. I mean, we had some – a lot of it because of Julius. You know, look, I played with Joe Thomas, fantastic football player. But, but Cleveland wasn't good forever. They only had one thing, and one thing only. It was Joe Thomas. You know, we had Jordan Gross. I put Jordan Gross up with just about anybody. That's just, that's just my opinion. Um, he just – he was good. He was beyond good. So the last thing for you, Jake, on the podcast, Jake DeLume, Hall of Honor honoree, um, you, you had near misses with Wesley Walls, not playing with Correct. him, but is he a player that you, you understand well and hold in high regard? A hundred percent. You know, Wes, we missed each other in New Orleans by like a year. Uh, I went in as a rookie in 97, and maybe 96 was his last year uh, in New Orleans. It's somewhere around there. 95. 95. So, but I knew, obviously, who Wesley was. Um, and then in the same division, I'd watch him catch passes all over the Saints. Um, and then get here, and then he's released, and he goes to Green Bay and end up buying a house in his neighborhood. So we've gotten to know each other, obviously, very, very well. I would have loved um, – I was a big tight end guy. I love tight ends uh, from high school to college um, and even early on with the Saints. I used the tight end a lot. And I'm not so sure that was something that Coach Fox um, truly believed in, just to be, be quite clear. I think it was uh, kind of defense and, and run game and more of a blocking type tight end. But to, to a prolific pass catcher like Wesley, that would have been ideal. I would have thrown him the ball. Now, Steve might not have liked it because he would have got passes, but I would, have, I would have given Wesley some opportunities. The voice of one of the Panthers' all-time favorite sons, quarterback Jake DeLone. Jake, congratulations, and thanks for the visit. Well, thanks so much. It's an honor. DeLone was revered by all the linemen who took the solemn oath to protect him, including our guest on the next podcast, number 69, Jordan Gross.